Hi everyone and welcome along to episode 108 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast, the podcast where we dive deep into the journey of entrepreneurs and business owners all around the world to see what makes them tick, what got them into business and entrepreneurship in the first place and what they can do to inspire and motivate you and give you little gems and nuggets of knowledge for perhaps what might kick off your journey into business and entrepreneurship. I am joined today live from the US of A by Angela Mason. Angela, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jake. Welcome. Good evening, good morning, and good afternoon to all those around the world. It's an honor and privilege to be here. Thank you so much. It's an honor and privilege to have you on the show. It's just after coming up to half nine in the morning on Saturday here in Melbourne, Australia. I know it's still Friday night there where you are. I'll give you a bit of a background on Andrea, guys. Andrea is an inspiring, highly motivated and successful woman, originally growing up in the undeveloped part of Colombia, which was actually a war-torn place at the time, where at a young age, due to difficult circumstances, her parents put Andrea up for adoption, which then led her to the wonderful US of A. Fast forward now to... To, to today, Andrea has two decades of experience in personal development, a bachelor's degree in social work and a major in psychology. She's a certified global motivational speaker under the mentorship of none other than Mr. Les Brown, a former guest on this show and someone who mentored me as well, as well as a certified small business entrepreneur, certified professional organizer and personal accountability coach. Andrea is, of course, an entrepreneur and has her own business, uh, the creator and innovator of the life, a life transformational journey called PLAY. PLAY is an acronym for Plan Life According to You, which is aptly the title of today's podcast. As a personal accountability coach, Andrea specializes in helping people achieve personal freedom through the healing power of forgiveness. Uh, I know you're big on... um, the thought that once people achieve personal freedom around you, they can achieve anything. I'm yeah. really intrigued to know how did you get started on that journey? It's um, a great idea for a business, and I'm sure you've helped many people. But what kind of kick-started it, kick-started it off for you? Yes, Jake. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. What kick-started me off to develop play was I was looking around at the environment and I was looking around at society and seeing that a lot of people are stuck. A lot of people either lost faith, lost direction, and they didn't really have a path to choose and to really go upon. So when I realized and looked back at my journey, I realized that I had a vision, I had a mission, that I had a message. Although I went through the toughest times, I was able to become a miracle out on the end. And forgiveness is a true indication that if we don't face our past, our past will continue to chase us. And forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting. It means actually learning from the lesson and giving yourself permission to heal and to feel and not let that happen again. Yeah, I love that. And just pulling back there, you know, you said earlier in life, I know I always like to kind of start at the beginning. Grew up in Columbia, um, came Mm -hmm. to the US. What age were you when you came to the US? Absolutely. So I grew up into the US. I came to the United States at 11 pounds at 11 months old. 
That was a oh, pound wow. per month. So I have no, my identity is a blank slate, Jake. So when I came here and I was adopted, I had no medical records. I had no fo photographs or knowledge of who my parents were. And my parent, my adoptive parents from the U.S. said that I was a treasure. And although at the age of seven in first grade, when I realized I was a gift to my family, who would have thought that would have been a tragedy through the forwarding years ahead, having no identity, not fitting in, feeling abandoned, feeling lost, and realizing at that point until I was able, when I was able to understand it, if my parents didn't want me, who else is going to love me? Sure, I've got unconditional love and open arms from my parents in America, but still it resonates. I look in the mirror every single day wondering who I am, who I look like, who I sound like. Mm -hmm. And although my parents, uh, adoptive parents have instilled in me, Andrea, no matter what you do, do your best, act with integrity, and do what you love. And Jake, had, that has springboarded me to really follow my heart and not the herd. So I decided to go into the industries of social work and psychology, social work where I can understand the cultural differences, the diversities, the backgrounds, the morals, ethics, and beliefs each and every one of us has around this world. And the psychology component of my studies was to understand why we do what we do, why we don't do what we do. And that helped me mold my understanding, my perspective, that although I was given up for adoption, it was probably the greatest gift that my parents could instill in me for giving me a second chance in life. And as a mother, Jake, to only imagine what they had to do and what they were feeling, they made the ultimate sacrifice knowing that they couldn't take care of themselves that they put me up for adoption for a second chance in life. Yeah, that's a, it's a beautiful thing. It must have been very, very difficult for them. But like you say, you know, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because you just don't know how it might have gone otherwise. Right. And you never would know. You can only right. deal with what's in front of you. And, uh, yeah, it must be, it must be very difficult to kind of deal with those, those feelings of abandonment and not knowing, you know, not knowing. I guess there was no no real opportunity or way to connect with your birth parents at all? The only thing was my parents did always allow me the option to search for them, to see if I can find them. But the only really trait that I had document-wise from the, the transfer, transference of the adoption was that of that they had physical impediments, that they were unable to care for me. And they would never reclaim me if I were to search for them again. And that kind of struck a chord because I, I, I mustered up the courage my senior year to look at that document. And in hindsight, I'm grateful because, again, like the, the sacrifices they made. But at the moment, I was just really confused. You know, mm -hmm. why wouldn't you want to see if your child made it? Why wouldn't you want to see if your child has become successful and want to reconnect with them? So that left a lot of uncertainty and unknown throughout my adolescence and young adulthood life, which allowed me to propel and be successful in social work and psychology so I can understand the mindset at the time when they had to make that decision. Yeah, I like the way you transform that energy. And there's sometimes there's, 
questions in life that we never get the answers to, you know. So we have to make okay. it make the uh, answers to ourselves and make peace with ourselves in that. Um, yes. So you, you really kind of transform that energy around and made a beautiful thing of it into social work, into psychology. And so how was the journey from there? I'm intrigued to know, you know, you got your bachelor's and then you went on to get your majors. That's quite a long time yes. um, at, at college, university. Um, did you Did you always kind of know in the back of your mind that you wanted to be a coach to help others or did that... That actually was sparked by Mr. Brown. So when I was doing my my line of work, I knew in eighth grade when we did the assessment test that I wanted to help people. This was the realm and the path of social work allowed you more different opportunities and avenues that you can mold into. I was able to go into institutions, jail cells, incarcerations, streets and work with individuals. And I was able to work from infantry to geriatric. And one of the things that my supervisors always shook their head at was when I went to meet someone, I would push aside their reports because I didn't want to have them a stigmatism, a label upon them. I met them as a human being. I wanted to see and hear their story, not the one that has been written for them. And when I excelled at that stage that I decided I put my dues in, I changed to medical and wellness, and then everything changed in 2020. For me, 2020 was a life, a, a time of clarity. And I received on my media feed that Mr. Brown was speaking. And I was like, this is an amazing opportunity. And when he had spoken about the academy he was conducting, I couldn't pass it up. And it was probably the most difficult choice I had to make because at that time, everything was shut down. And was I really ready and able to invest in myself? And by you know my loving husband and my family, they said, if this is what you want, go for it. And I'll never turn back and never regret it. Because he, when I spoke with Mr. Brown, and he gave his, you know, talks and his wisdom and his knowledge. I was just like, that is what I want to do. I want to be authentic. I want to act with integrity. I want to share my story. And we graciously connected virtually during class on the eve of Thanksgiving of last year. And he said, Andrea, you got to dream big. And I will never forget that. And I have dreamt big ever since then. And I've really put all of my efforts into helping those in need. Just want to help people. And since then, I've been successful and realizing that I don't need to be somebody else. I don't need to be trying to be what I'm not. The most important thing that I need to be is myself because I will do it wholeheartedly, honestly, and sincerely. And through my life story of all my obstacles and, you know, challenges in my life, I realized through Mr. Brown that I can help a lot more people than I thought. And I, you know, sit here before you globally and speaking on almost every continent and being successful, learning about people, loving people, instilling faith and empowerment and hope. And that's what I want to do. I think you're... you're you're doing it well, you know, you're not only, you. and congratulations to actually, you know, you're not only 
took part in the in the courses with Mr. Brown, the the, the Power Voice Summit. I'm quite sure I remember Mr. Mm -hmm. Brown connecting with you on that Thanksgiving call. Actually, yeah, I think yes. I think I do. And you know, we both did that. But you not only took all the learnings from that, and of course, connected with Mr. Brown, who's a great, world class motivational speaker, and just delivered so many gems in those classes. But you've executed. You know, you've you've said. You know, your values are authenticity and you want to deliver on that and to share mm -hmm. and spread your message and mm -hmm. you've done it you know and and you're helping yeah. people and you're out there in the community and i think it's uh it's a beautiful thing it really is a beautiful thing and we both came through that journey and there's a couple of other guys watching the podcast today eric and and lisa i know eric mm -hmm. uh, eric collier a great friend of mine and uh, oh, someone nice. i always learned from he he was also on the along the same yes yes he was ce yeah. yes Yes, yeah. it was an amazing journey. And what makes it so unique is it's 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 not something you could teach on a book. It's not something you can teach on an online course, even though it was. But his presence was so genuine. He, it was like he was sitting there right with you in your room, walking step by step, week after week, just coming with full of energy and you know that's what kind of empowered me to to tagline the quote what i say is follow your heart and not the herd nor the hurt for both will get you hurt and mm -hmm. that's wow. a lot of people don't do that that's the yeah. path less traveled yeah. you know and and i i really want to empower individuals everybody's fearful of the unknown and the uncertain these days and they've lost hope and, it, and I just want to bring that light. If I can just shed a light upon one individual, just one, at least once a day, that's what keeps me going. I like that. I like that. It's, a, it's a time of a lack of hope out there. And, you know, fair enough, quite rightly so. Um, I think you're absolutely right. Last year brought a lot of opportunities if you sort them out, particularly mm -hmm. to connect with people that are offering training in this new format, you know, which is online and it opened things up to a lot of people. Yes. And said it gave you some clarity and it certainly gave me some clarity and mm -hmm. some things I wanted to reach towards and get involved in and speaking and helping others. And, you know, it's led to many other things, one of them being this podcast, which is fantastic and something I'm yes. just grateful to be able to facilitate and to be able to speak with wonderful people like you around the world. There's a flip side to that as well, though, you know, I think it, it was and remains to be still a difficult time for many people. Yes. You know, I can put my hand up and say that it's, it's not been an easy time for me. Here in Melbourne, I don't know if you knew, Andrea, but we're actually the most lockdown city in the world. Wow. We've been locked down for well over 200 days. It's a crazy Oh, situation. my goodness. Oh, but my goodness. You can, I think if you can find some solace and some time for yourself in that and give, I think the important thing is amongst the noise and, and all the things you can't control, focusing on what you can control yeah. and making time for yourself every day to align with what that is and how that looks to you and staying true to your values, you know, because there's lots of things that we can't control. And as you said, Absolutely. you know, many will go with the herd, but that's probably not something you want to do. You want to tread your own path, you know, and create yeah, your own yeah. path and, and stay in your own lane. Not an easy and, thing to do. Yeah, it was, it was difficult for my family, you know, for my son, our son and myself, it was like almost 210 days until we saw someone, you wow. know, but it was virtual, but it was surreal. It was a two dimensional world. Mm. And I was just listening to stories of heartache, of loss, of severed ties, 
of people giving up hope. And I said, I'm not going to allow this to happen. This is my time to, to look within myself, look, look back. What are the skills? What are the talents? What are the gifts and knowledge that I've acquired up until this point? And when I enrolled in Mr. Brown's class, it just came all to fruition that I can actually use my losses and my wins, my lessons and my gains to help others. And I truly, truly in my heart of hearts believe that through his academy, I found and, and, and can honestly say I found my family beyond borders mm. because where I was, I had a lot of toxicity. I had a lot of negativity. I had a lot of people giving up hope. And I didn't want to surround myself with that. You know, as Mr. Brent says, the only quality people. And when yep. I took his academy and I took his course, it was just liberating. People of like-mindedness just wants to help people, just wants to share their message and shed positivity and motivation to those who are, are limited. And I think I when we expand mm -hmm. our knowledge, that's when you, you realize, oh my goodness, I have so much more potential than I give myself. Yeah, there's not many places you find you're absolutely right in what you said there, that everyone just wanted to help everyone and, mm -hmm. and see any, everyone do better than them. There was no competition there. Right. Don't find that there's many spaces that you, communities, you know, environments you are in that, that it's like that, you know? No, not um, at all. I'm almost automatically thinking of like a team sports. I mean, everyone wants to win and, and mm -hmm. kind of they work together to that end, but uh, they kind of still want to be better than the person that's next to them. But in, right. in this kind of environment we were in, it was just everyone wanted oh, to help no. everyone. Everyone was breaking off, making their own smaller yeah. groups. And it was just, yeah, it, it really, at a time when there was a lot of um, heaviness around, it brought a lot of lightness to my life. It's continued to, you know. The, 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 the flip side to all of it is, you know, as you said, it was over 100, 200 days that you and your son didn't see anyone else. Right. The great side of that is that when you do, you know, and you reconnect with people and the excitement when you do again, it, yes. it really, I think this is, it's brought me closer to a lot of the people that I haven't seen for a long time. Yes. That, that, that's a beautiful thing, you know, to really um, value their their love and, and their connection and their support more than ever. And, yes. to, and to kind of really look forward to, to, to seeing them again. And, it, and you make a good point, Jake, for our for us during the lockdown, we had like probably three birthdays in that course of time until we were able to see people. And it truly brought people together. We celebrated our birthdays with people from, you know, the other side of the states, some people that were overseas. So it really shone the light upon Let's just take a minute. Let's just take a breath. Let's press pause, reset and group and see what is most priority in our life. First and foremost, our health, our mental health. And then that when we are able to take care of the people in our own house, then we can move on and help others, you know, because it wasn't always that speed rush. I got to go. I got to go. I'm busy. I'm busy. It was really honing into we have nothing but time and we don't know how our time is going to be spent. We don't have a ticket out of here of, you know, our destination and our, our timeline, you know, our expiration date. And when it was really in the beginning, that's what we were banking on. Are you going to be here tomorrow? 
am I going to be able to see you again? And when we connected virtually with our extended family and friends who have moved away, it was just so much more powerful. And that is what is important. And that is what Mr. Brown has brought to the table with the alumni, that we were a family. And you nailed it right on the head, Jake. There was no competition. Mm. We would just help each other out. I've got a podcast. I've got a show. I've got an interview. And we just kept rising and rising together. Mm. Yeah, and it really was a, a wonderful thing. I'd love to um, switch the lens. And yes, absolutely. Forgiveness, you know, yes. or we could, we could of course talk all day and I'd love to talk about the, the courses room with Mr. Brown, but I feel there's a lot of value for our audience here and everyone that's watching from where they are around the world. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is, is something you're very big on yes. teaching, you know, and I know it, mm -hmm. it came from a, perhaps a time in your life where, you know, things happened and, and you have to learn to forgive. But one thing I'd like to ask, and I know you touched on it earlier in the call, but I'd like to go into a little bit deeper is, do you think forgiveness is forgetting or are they two really separate things? They're completely separate things, Jake. Forgiveness is allowing yourself to heal, allowing yourself to look at the incident and the individual at hand. Where is it coming from? Is it a reflection of them? Is it a reflection of you? Forgiveness is understanding that they may have not been mindful or aware of what they were doing at the time, for that's what their environment has been encircled. Forgiveness is also allowing yourself to move on from it. You know, when I was bullied and I was abused, I was trying to cope with it. I was trying to figure out what did I do wrong to deserve this? Did I say something? Did I act a certain way? And I would really beat myself up over it and really harden, harden myself and, and kind of put up barriers where I didn't trust anyone anymore. And I remember speaking on a platform about forgiveness that I was bullied. And I remember one individual had said, you know, I didn't really consider the recipient of the bullying's feelings or notions. And I said, you know what? Today... On behalf of those you've hurt and myself, I forgive you. And the individual was kind of speechless for a moment and said, thank you. And in the industries of social work and psychology, when I met with those, you know, those individuals severely diagnosed or incarcerated, that's all they knew. And people were constantly blaming them for that. And when you get to the root cause of why you've gotten hurt, why you were betrayed, why you were lied to, most of the time it's not your doing. Most of the time it's the other individual, either a defense mechanism, something that's been portrayed upon them, or something of limited knowledge. And when we forget, Jake, as you said, as far as forgetting, I think that's our pride getting in the way. Well, I'm just going to forget it. You know, I may, I'm not even going to forgive it because if I forgive them, then I'm giving them the right, the permission that what they did to me was deserving. And that's not all of what at all what it was. And when we forget, nine times out of 10, we will allow that behavior or incident 
to recur again and again and again. And it isn't until our subconscious aligns with our conscious to realize, wait a minute, this happened before. Why aren't we learning from this? And that's what I say, this, the, we are the only species that continues to self-sabotage and, and be our own worst critics to ourselves that we don't understand that if we don't face it, it will continue to chase us. Absolutely. Oh, sorry, I was muted there. Um, energy, energy is, energy is everything, you know. And I think you're muted as well, Andrea. You oh. want to hit the unmute button. <laughs> sorry yeah, about that. We both <laughs> accidentally pressed it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if everything is energy, right? And if you if you mm -hmm. look at it with that lens, you know, as you said, it's the conscious and the subconscious. If you, if you hold on to things and, and just say that you forgot them, you know, what you resist persists, of course. Exactly. And especially you've got to alter the lens and forgive. And, and then that lets that energy go to let new lighter energy come in. So, Absolutely. yeah, I think, I think, I think, um, how does Mr. Brown put forgiveness? He says, forgiveness is not forgetting. It's remembering without judgment, without guilt, and without right. shame. Yes. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a nice way to put it. But um, dare mm. I say, actually, I think you... You framed it better there, right there. Yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's not ahead. easy. It's not easy because a lot of the questions I get asked is, you know, especially during the lockdown, well, how do I forgive someone if they're living in the same house and they don't mm. think they've done anything wrong and they're in complete denial? And my message to them is, you know what? I've been there. I've mm. done it. I've had individuals close to me that have hurt me really, really bad. But if I can have one ounce of realizing and recognizing, you know what? That one day they open the door for me. Or they may not treat me right, but they treat my husband and my son right. And that's important. And that is really, really hard to do. But believe you me, if you can find one ounce of act of kindness, random act of kindness, as small as it is, that will leave you above water and allow you to breathe and to make the transition smoother. Approach the individual. Be in a civil and respectful manner and say, what draw you to that conclusion? Or the other, if you really want to be courageous, and I did this and I was waiting, but I was pretty shocked with the response. I said to the individual, did you realize that you have done this and how this made me feel? And the immediate response, because people react, is the defensive. No, I didn't. I didn't say it that way. I, I didn't, I didn't, there was no intention. And I took a breath and I said, this is how I felt. And then they took a breath and said, I didn't realize that I had came across that way and it's all about perspective of course. absolutely yeah i think that's really important you know mm -hmm. having that conversation and it's why it's important to not just sweep things under the carpet and have the conversations because absolutely you know you can get very caught up in your own thoughts and your own perceptions and with your own lens on it and mm -hmm. it's not until you have the conversation you know it's not okay that someone's you know done something or acted in a, in a way to make you feel bad at all but 
you have to if you if you have compassion you might realize that they've not even actually realized that they've done anything to hurt you or or that that might, the way that in which they behave might not seem wrong to them because they were never taught that it was wrong you know exactly made you, made you feel bad and that was the incident in my situation. That's how their parents spoke to them. That's how their family spoke to them. And it wasn't an un- it was a misunderstanding. Like not everybody's going to receive that message well. You have to understand your audience. Mm-hmm. And until you understand your audience, that's when you can be kind of malleable to understand and adapt to the individuals. If you know somebody that's very high strung and has you know very stressed and gets overwhelmed easily. You want to kind of bring, as you said, your energy level to a calming state and let them know what's going on. You don't want to go on the offense. You don't want to go on the attack because then that will just blow up into something even more. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly with people that perhaps don't handle conflict very well. Yes, absolutely. And do you think, so we've kind of touched on it there. A way of forgiving is initially making the decision that you're going to and having awareness and presence of mind of that. Right. Communicating with the individual or individuals that have, um, you know, upset you, mm-hmm. betrayed you, made you annoyed. Because the list, the list is really endless, I suppose. Absolutely. But it's, it's. I don't think, in my experience of forgiveness, it's not an instantaneous thing. I think, no. you know, some things are taught, some things are caught, some things are correct. Learn in, immediately by heavy impact. Some things have to be learned over time, like you do in school, and some things have to be relearned because they right. were perhaps taught in the wrong way. But how do you think forgiveness fits into those kind of paradigms? I believe that forgiveness fits into those paradigms. Is you? Ha- it's all about timing. Life is about timing. What is the way that you would like to receive the message if you? were accused of hurting someone or, or betraying someone or, or, you know, putting some, some light upon them in a negative way, how would you want to receive the message? Going back to the other thing, understanding your audience, but to do it immediately to forgive someone, it really depends on the level of the incident and the situation at hand. You know, if somebody has continuously, hurt you, embarrassed you, or betrayed you, you're going to have to muster up the courage and the strength to say, to face that individual with all straight confidence, look, what you have done is A, B, and C. I'm not going to accept this. I don't deserve to be treated that way. And I don't expect you would want to be treated that way. And I want you to know that this is really important to me because this is going to allow me and you to either further our relationship or strengthen our relationship. And a lot of people don't put that into perspective when they are learning to forgive. It's not about forgetting. It's not about swiping the incident under the carpet. It's truly about dissecting the situation. What has happened at hand? Why did it happen? What was their intent, if any? And how was it received on your part? If you received it, and, and and it's also mindful for both parties, the intention and then the perspective. Because we can always get on the defensive saying, well, you, you said it this way. That also parallels the individual, the recipient. They haven't faced their past yet because, and this was I was going to mention and learn a little bit, was if we don't face our past and we suppress our feelings, not only is it going to affect our mental and medical health, 
But then at the same token, that bystander, when you go for an interview, when you start a relationship, when you start to meet somebody new as a friend, and they have a trait of that individual who has hurt you, they are the recipient of all the negativity and may miss out on opportunity for that reason alone. Mm, absolutely right. If you don't let go of things, if you don't let go of the past, it holds back your future. Exactly. Well said. I like that. <laughs> I might take that, Jake. I like that. <laughs> take that one. Take that one. If you don't let go of your past, it, if you don't let go of your past, it withholds your future. It's uh, yes, absolutely. It, it's a, it's about awareness. Sometimes you know we don't even know the things, what the things are that are holding us back. Right. So it's, if you don't even know what they are, then how are you going to let them go? Absolutely. And, and you know we've we've talked a lot there about forgiving others, but I think there's a lot to be said for forgiving yourself as well. Yeah. You know, no one's perfect. Everyone makes yes. mistakes. Everyone does things wrong. Everyone at some time in their life, no mm -hmm. doubt who you are, even if you're a saint or an angel, you have upset someone, you've hurt someone. And yeah. Yeah. You have, to, you have to find, you know, the forgiveness within, mm -hmm. with, with many things, I believe. You have to find the within to be able to handle and execute on the without. And I think forgiveness is the same as that. What's How do you, how do you kind of look at that? Absolutely. And I always say... Every single one of us is a name on a therapeutic couch, whether we hurt them, whether we love them, whether we, you know, uh, admire them. We have to be mindful of our own actions, you know, because if we don't forgive ourselves, then we're not evolving. And I think a lot of us, Jake, with the way society and our external influences is that we feel that we have to you know, persevere towards progression, which leads to perfection. But what we lose in hindsight is that we're human beings. We make mistakes. It's okay to fail. It's okay to fall. It's okay to have shortcomings. That's why we have each other. So we can be accountable to one another. So we can help each other become responsible and learn from our weaknesses and our strengths. And that's why it's so important that we are truthful and act with integrity. Because in the end, how we treat ourselves and how we view ourselves is going to emulate on how we treat others. And in the same token, how others are going to treat us. You know, if you know, like the famous RuPaul, if you, how are you going to love somebody if you can't love yourself? And that's what I learned that I had to learn. I didn't know what love was until my adoptive, adoptive parents have shared unconditional love, loved me for my flaws, loved me for my strengths, loved me even if I made mistakes. And when we accept that and say, you know what, only God can judge us and everything is gonna be okay, you know? Mm -hmm. Such beautiful, resounding words. I could pick so many parts from so many of them. I'm struggling where to start. Yeah, absolutely right there. You know, it's. I, I used to think it was impossible, and I changed my lens on that because mm -hmm. the, the the concept of you not having the capacity to love others and them not having the capacity to love you if you don't love yourself. Now, I now yeah. don't think actually that it's impossible. I just think it's considerably harder. You yes. know, through my own experiences, it's mm -hmm. definitely harder to 
ask something of someone else if you can't find it within yourself i guess it connects back to what i was saying earlier you know if you can't find something within an emotion a feeling and energy it can be more difficult to find it with that right yeah and it's quite a hard ask from someone you know if, if you don't really love who you are if you're not in love with yourself mm-hmm. and you're not kind of i don't think you're aligned with yourself your energies are good and clear and you might not even know what you want then asking that of someone else it's it's not impossible but it's it's quite right. difficult and i think it's uh it caused turbulence for sure having said that i also think you know in the same breath that there can be a, a really true and strong resounding love found in that because everyone That's goes right. through tough times and you yes. can go through a time especially at these times you know mm-hmm. a lot of people are lacking self-love for a whole variety of reasons Absolutely. you could just look at it as the world's changed and and who knows how it's going to go in the future but some beautiful relationships can be found from that because people go oh look i understand you know that you your energy isn't high and you perhaps don't love yourself right now for a variety of reasons but like you said there you know your birth parents you love them unconditionally and, that, yes. and they love you unconditionally no matter yes. you know what mistakes you've made and, and what's gone on and i think right. you know very strong bonds can be can be found in that in that um space absolutely and like i said what i've learned over the probably last 11 months is about perspective. You know, our, our good friend, Mr. Nelson Beltajar of thepositivejib.com, right, he would always, always say, you know, this is a man who had a, a, a timeline, a, an expiration t- date. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. And he's overcome adversity. And he has shone the light upon me as a good friend, a good, I call him family, that the ma- most amazing word in the in the English language is impossible, because right before you put possible is I am, and that means I'm possible. Mm-hmm. And when you have that perspective, that tell me I can't do something, and I will prove you wrong. But if you doubt me, and you have a weakened self-esteem and a weakened self-awareness and self-identity you that can consume you immediately and in this two-dimensional world that's where it is where it becomes you have 99 followers giving you love support courage empowerment and you see that one dislike and then you're like oh my gosh what did i do did i say something wrong did i offend that person but what we don't do jake is we don't ask questions We don't have the courage to say what drew you to that conclusion. And I do that every single time. If somebody has a concern, a question, or a rebuttal, I don't ask to have combat. I ask for curiosity because maybe I'm missing my perspective on what I'm relaying as a message. And I learned this through my experience with, with meeting people all around the world. When you, when you have an idea, as you say, through a lens about a certain individual, a certain country, a certain ethnicity, you're really compartmentalizing that individual in their stereotypes or labels. And when you stop doing that and see them as human, that's when the beautiful relationship and connection expands and you see through a different lens, this is how it's supposed to be. 
I can love myself. I can forgive myself. And if I can't find the light in me, I will turn to those who see the light in me to shine my, shift my perspective in that way. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's true, you know. Mm-hmm. You can't find it. If you can't find it within, then find it without. But if you really Absolutely. can't find it within, then then you go without and, and go to those that you Absolutely. know will support you. You know, and that's, that's actually a, a great point, a wonderful thing that's come out of this time. You Absolutely. Know. You Absolutely. were there with your son. You were locked out, I dare say. Yes. You know, I don't know you. I don't know you too well. I only know you from this mm-hmm. podcast today and our friend that connected us, Nelson, the wonderful man that you touched on. And I yes. certainly don't know your son, but one thing I'm sure of is in that, in that all that time that you had together, I bet your relationship just was bonded so much stronger, you know. Yes, yes, uh, and I think absolutely. A lot of us have been put into those places where, you know, you can only connect with one person, the bubble, as they call it. And um, I know, you know, a particular my best friend, uh, a guy called Carl, and we've been friends for many years. We've really come just closer in this time, and I think a lot of a lot of people have come closer. And it, it, I tell you, it's made you realise the people you could, as Mr. Brown would say, who can you count on and who can you count out? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And that and and that, that that's so amazing. You touched on that, Jake, because the people that I thought would be right there by my side weren't for whatever reason. And the people that I didn't think were going to be there aside, strangers nonetheless, were there 100%. Yeah. And yes, the bond between our son and mine has grown so much to where I think we're to the point of sister and brother for so many times. But, you know, it, it's it's something that you, you can't get back. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of people don't have the benefits and the luxury to really spending quality time with their loved ones and just to kind of shine a light of I'm so grateful to have that connection with my mother before she left and to real precious it's so valuable that some of us take it for advantage some to for granted excuse me and others of us just let it pass you by and I think this is the time now that we really need to look in the mirror and say, who am I? What do I want? What can I give back? And how can I live every day my happiest life? Yes, I think there are sometimes not easy questions, but ones we should all be asking ourselves. As, uh, Absolutely. And on a regular basis too, because those things yes. can change. You know, those things can change what we desire, what we are going after, and what we have to give to the world because they develop and change through our own experiences. Yeah, absolutely. We're um, we're going to the end of the show. We got about eight minutes out. Well, I'd love to shift back to to play. You know, the yes, the, absolutely. The the program that you have, and you know, what's your kind of vision for for the future and your goals and aspirations of of the course and the coaching absolutely so i i truly believe that everybody can benefit with play plan your life according to you because i think when we have a clear vision and we really sit down with ourselves and map it out what would be your ideal life what would be your dream and why is it not possible at this point And if it's not possible, what are your options? 
what does it look like for you? What does it sound like, taste like, feel like? And I had this vision of press play that I just wanted to help people plan life according to them. This is a one shot at your life. It should be loving. It should be exhilarating. It should be exciting. And you can do it. You know, if you organize and prioritize your life, everybody says, Andrea, it's impossible. I have two full-time jobs. I have a family. Plus, I want to do my dream. It's possible. It's just really looking at your vision, making it concrete, making it clear, so nice, and then working towards it. What are you doing? Are you doing enough? And are you willing to do what it takes? Allow yourself to forgive yourself for all that has happened up until this point. What I like to say, up until this point, your story, as you're younger, your story is told to you and written. But at one point in your life, you must take the pen in your own hand and start writing your own story. Play is a time of fun. It's a time of growth, personal development, personal achievements. What do you want? And why shouldn't you receive what you want? If you work hard towards it, your dreams can become a reality. Who would have thought myself not being in the public eye prior to October 2020, now a global motivational speaker, meeting individuals all across the world, and helping them in this crazy game of life, press play. Plan life according to you. It's yours. Own it, embrace it, and enjoy it. Such, such beautiful words and, and so well put. You know, you. life is up to a point written for you. And at what point do you take the pen and decide to write your own, yes. your own life and story? Yeah. yeah, it can often often be like that for many. I think that's a, a really resounding thing to remember. And yeah. um, I think we've shared some absolute gems today. Absolutely. Andrea, it's been, been wonderful to connect with you. I'm so yes. really grateful for a uh, shout out to Nelson. Belter yes. our friend, if he's, yes. if he's watching. Yes, Nelson. Um, we did a great podcast with him, guys, as well. You want to flick back. I can't remember what number yes, it was. But definitely. search Nelson number for the hustle. You'll find that on, on YouTube. Um, Eric, thanks for listening. Eric's still yes, here hello, in the chat. Eric. Thank you so much. Everyone else who's been mm -hmm. listening, um, yes. wherever you're listening from, if you've got some value from this, please share it with your friends and family and give us a subscribe so you're made aware of all the future episodes. Absolutely. Andrew, before I let you go and enjoy the rest yes. of your evening and your weekend indeed, yes. um, I'm going to put the links to your social media channels in the chat here so anyone Excellent. watching on the video can connect with them. But do you just want to mention for the guys watching on the audio where they can find you and connect with you and learn more about your phenomenal program? Absolutely. I hope you had an amazing time this evening, this morning in Australia. You can connect with me, get your phones at am.pressplay at gmail to receive your complimentary gift and put in the subject line, Hunger for the Hustle. And I can also be found Andrea Mason on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram is am.andreamasons and my website is andreamasons.com and my YouTube channel is Andrea Mason 
your personal accountability coach. I thank you so much for this time as it is a gift and is very valuable. Thank you. I've honestly thoroughly enjoyed my time with you and learned so much. Thank you. Um, also, I want to say well done for remembering all your social media channels because that's <laughs> not, an easy, not an easy thing to do. You, you nailed every single one of them. Thank so, you. So well done on that. Um, yes. Huge thanks to everyone listening. Really appreciate yes. it. Um, enjoy your weekend, folks. I hope you've yes. taken away some gems from today. Mm -hmm. Stay hungry, stay healthy, stay yes. happy, and keep on hustling, folks. Thank you, yes. Andrea. Thanks, everyone. Take Thank care. you so much, Jeff. Be well. Bye-bye.